This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Welcome to the East Coast Offense Podcast. This is Chris Liss of Rotowire.com. This podcast is sponsored by FanDuel. You can go to FanDuel.com, click on the mic in the upper right-hand corner, use my code RWPOD, sign up now. Special offer for new users, get a free six-month RotoWire subscription with just a $25 deposit. You must sign up with my promo code RWPOD. That's more than $60 in value for just $25. Don't forget to use my code RWPOD, FanDuel.com, where every day is a new season. That's F-A-N-D-U-E-L.com. Sign up today. I am joined, as usual, by Dalton Del Don of Yahoo Sports, and... Uh, we took last week off. It was just too hectic. You were out of town. It's mostly your fault. But then I then I was also leaving for uh, New York, and it was just kind of a hectic time. So we skipped a, skipped a week. We missed things like the California primary, which I don't. They're still counting the votes. I'm fairly positive my California mail-in vote has not been counted. That really is encouraging for our democracy. Even when they finish that, if they ever do, well, we'll get to the politics later on. Let's let's start with some sports get back to it. I've got some theories, some half-baked and fully-baked theories, and I'm not implying that I uh, was high when I came up with them. So, Dalton, why don't we talk a little Warriors? They're playing to close it out tonight, game six. Well, I mean, part of me wants to say that the um, Draymond return should result in an easy victory tonight because that's been uh, the, the side that I've been on. Uh, I talked about it on the show this morning, but um, I left a, a friend's house in an full-blown argument um, because of the, the, you know, he said that Draymond wouldn't have mattered. They were making jump shots. I said, this guy, they're plus 55 with him at center, minus 44 with him at out. All the rotations would have been different. Uh, when you score on offense, that changes, you know, the transition, <laughs> you know, easy to score on a fast break. Uh, everything would have been different. And I think uh, Draymond is quite clearly one of the uh, 10 most valuable players in the NBA, if not higher than that. And um, his loss was was major. So we'll see what happens tonight. So but, um, how, how did your friend respond to that? I mean, he obviously disagreed. 
Yeah, you just said oh, Kyrie was out of his mind and LeBron was out of his mind. They would have won. They, you know, the Warriors would have lost regardless. I mean, he's a Warrior fan, to be clear. Right. Um, he just said that, that it wouldn't have it wouldn't have mattered. But I respect, uh, actually, disrespectfully uh, disagreed with okay. him. And so, how did it end? I mean, did you you just took that from him? No, you just, I told you just him let him, you just let him say told- that in, in your face about how the Warriors would have lost anyway. I told him the next morning that I saved his life because I changed my mind. Um, so, so let's put it that way. Uh, but I'm going to be there again tonight. So we'll see what happens. Um, it might, it might result in some blows. You never know, but, um, this guy's, I I will have a lot. You know what? You're not coming back on this podcast unless you punch that dude in the face. (laughs) He's, he's bigger, big dude, but, um, it's fine. It's fine. Um, no, I, I'm going to be fired up if they lose tonight and it'll be the ultimate, the ultimate though, if they go into Cleveland after losing at home without him. As six and a half point favorites or whatever, it fluctuates a little. And tonight they're around two and a half point dogs. And if they win tonight with Draymond's return, come on, man, come on. He's he's so you know your your colleague well, Dre, your other Dre, right? He, he says he's what he says he's arguably the Warriors MVP, right? One of the head writers, uh, NBA writers at RotoWire, correct? Right. He's like our top analytics guy, and he believes that Draymond Green, at least according. I don't think he would – I mean, we'll bring him on and let him speak for himself. But my take on, on his point was not necessarily that the numbers mean everything and that Draymond's more valuable than Curry, but that according to numbers, which are not just like – they're like pretty good numbers and a cross-section of very different numbers that you know bear out who the best players have been historically and I think have even been somewhat predictive that Draymond Green is as valuable or slightly more valuable than Steph Curry. Things like adjusted yeah. plus minus. I don't know exactly what he's using, but he's serious. Like he he's he knows what he's talking about, and he and he kind of has Draymond, if if not slightly more valuable than at least co MVP. Yeah, LeBron shooting like thirty percent with like a bunch of turnovers when Draymond's facing him one on one too. And the rim protection. Uh, here, here here's another funny stat. Uh, at the rim against Draymond, uh, the Cavs are shooting thirty four percent against the rest of the team, fifty one percent. I mean, it's just crazy stuff like that. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm not actually not even going to argue that he shouldn't have been uh, suspended. By the way, obviously that was a silly thing, but. At some point, you got to stop doing the nut punches, <laughs> and it's happened so often, and he was warned so much. So I get that. I'm not actually not even going to bitch about that. But him on the court, so different. That's why I don't really respect being nervous at all. I mean, I understand you're, there's a lot of stake for you. You're a Warriors fan, and to have the best season ever and to make the comeback against the Thunder and then to blow it would be – And then uh, lose it home. Right. Up 3-1 oh. and get a suspension and lose the whole thing. I understand all that. But, dude, you're up 3-2. You're the 73-win team, greatest team of all time, greatest point differential of all time. You ha- you're at totally full strength. There's no evidence that Curry or Clay or Draymond or any of those guys is not pretty much as healthy as you could possibly yeah. expect them to be at this stage. I mean, go and win on the road. I mean, and if you don't, you still got a home game, which you'll be favored in. But just close it out. The greatest team of all time wins this. I, I really feel like if they're the greatest team of all time, they win this game on the road. No, I understand completely, but um, there it's you. You got to understand my trepidation as far as like it's just you know a, a random suspension, so they lose at home, and then they lose Andrew Bogut. I understand he's only playing like twelve minutes a game. What was what was he sh- minus forty four protect and then fifty one percent against the non Draymond guys in the paint? Right, I mean, right, right, right. We should absolutely over, be able to overcome that totally. But then they go back, you know, on the road. They're underdogs according to Vegas, and then, you know, anything can happen in one game. But I'll totally agree with you. Uh, uh, understand that, yes, they should, if you want to be considered, you yeah, know. The greatest team of all time closes this team out tonight, right? Right, right, right. If, if it goes game seven and it's a nail-biter and whatever, 
they're the champs and they're going to have a claim to it because they'll have won the most games and won the championship. But it's not convincing like the Bulls who just kind of ran roughshod over the the in the playoffs over all the teams, right? I think they lost. Yeah, the, the Bulls lost two games to the Sonics that they weren't oh, a very they did it, right. They're up three zero though when they did, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Lost, I think they lost one game to the Knicks. Yeah. So I will say this: the team that, that is rooting the most for the even maybe more so than me to the Warriors tonight is my wife because if they go Game Seven, <laughs> I have to be there. I'm I'm going to spend spend whatever it takes. So she's got basically like a two thousand dollar bet. On right, the Warriors right. tonight, the inadvertently, again, reluctantly. Min- yeah, at minimum, she has a two. At, that's that's the 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 lowest bar there is is right. two thousand dollar bet. Yeah, I mean, she should just hedge, right? She should <laughs> put, right. put a thousand on the Cavs and just you know hedge it. Right, right, right. right. And if anyway. she goes, well, I guess they're favorite. You got to give me respect though. If it's a Father's Day, and um, my uh, my father in law's deal is is Sunday night, and I'm I'm like I'm telling you, if there is a game seven. I, I mean, I'm going to go. I don't care what it takes. I'm, I will be there. You should just bring your whole family for a Father's Day Come on. outing. Come on, man. I'm not doing that well. I'm not doing that well. Yeah. Uh, Yahoo pays you a lot, and uh, and you're also independently wealthy. Uh, well, you were until your bets on football this year. I mean, could you imagine if you just won all those bets instead of lost? Right. This would all be paid for. Well, and I hedged on OKC big time. Right. Let's not forget that. And I went to Game Seven, and that yeah. was that was very expensive. So, and as you always say, I pay you to appear on the RotoWire right. podcast. So, so yeah. So I, got, I have a lot of, of expenses. It adds up. It definitely does. All right. So that's enough about that. We will see what happens, and next week we'll revisit it. It'll be over one way or another. Next time we're doing the podcast, we'll know who won the championship. It's going to be the Warriors. Don't even sweat it. I guarantee it. Okay. All right. Even though I pre- I picked the Cavs before the series. But that was foolish in retrospect. They suck. They have the best player arguably ever. I mean, that, that, yeah. that helps. That helps. He's garbage, though. He's a, he's a weak best player ever. <laughs> he's, he's the weakest <laughs> best player ever. It's like the first overall pick in the draft. Like, eh, Kwame Brown was a weak. <laughs> he's a weak best player ever. For a best player ever, he's weak. <laughs> he's no Gretzky. Right, right, right. right. He's no Babe Ruth. He's, no he's no Barry Bonds. No, don't even go there. Babe Ruth pitched. Yeah, yeah. Babe Ruth had a lot of competition, a lot of strong competition. Yeah. A very di- di- diverse uh, group of competition he dealt with. Yeah, Babe Ruth, right. There's like only a very narrow subset of the population allowed to play. Well, no, and also it's like it's just like whatever. Like compared to your era, he had hit like 40 homers, and the next best hit like eight. It's not even comparison. And he was an, he was an ace. He wasn't just a pitcher. He was an ace. All right, so let's move on from that, um, and we're going to talk about my FSTA team. You were, like, talking Yang about it. You were saying that you and Barron's tried to badmouth it on your podcast. And there may be a libel suit coming toward Yahoo because this is a good team. And when I got you on the show and I tried to ask you what was wrong with the team, you really were had nothing but praise for every pick in the first four until Giovanni Bernard. And that was my best pick. So I'm not really sure what your issue is with this team. Well, let's go through it real quick. I like uh, Beckham at four. I think he, well, he's – Let's just back up. It's a 14-team Three, two running back, three receiver, PPR league with a flex. And no one wants to hear about your own drafts, but this is an actual, you know, FSTA draft that took place in person. So people were like, you know, there's no money involved, but still kind of high stakes as far as anything that could involve zero cents. But um, Beckham at four, obviously great. I think he's my number two player on my board. Yeah, me too. Easy number two. And he's closer to number one than number three for me. Agreed. 
thousand. I don't, I don't want any part of Julio Jones this year. I mean, sure, it, like six or whatever, I would probably hold my nose. Oh, that sounds kind of stupid. Like, if I don't want any part of him, why am I taking him at six? But he's going to get the volume. But, man, he's been hurt a lot. He's just he just had a lot of mileage on him from last year. So many targets. I just don't like the fact that he doesn't score a lot of touchdowns for whatever reason, the way they use him or the way they gang up on him in the end zone doesn't work. He's not especially quick. He's just t- big and fast. He's not. He doesn't have a lot of wiggle. I don't like him. I, I have Beckham easily over him. Well, I have Beckham easily over him too, but he's pretty good. I'm not, not going to despair. He caught 136 balls, which is the second most ever. He had the second most yardage ever, by the way, last year. <laughs> Jones is, but real. it's a weak. It's a weak second most ever. <laughs> right, right, right. Okay, so then he went to Marius Thomas, which I was. You know, I'm not. I'm not. Totally... Who do you take there? I don't. I didn't like it either. The, my second and third round picks, I didn't feel good about. I just don't like that area of the draft. I was thinking oh, T.Y. Man. Hilton, but I felt he was more of a third round guy, and I would get him in the third round, and it turned out I was wrong about that. Totally agree with you, because I, I want to disparage the Demarius Thomas pick, but, man, the guys going after him, Randall Cobb, LaShawn McCoy, Sammy Watkins, Jarvis Landry. I yeah. mean, what? What? Well, it's a PPR. Uh, I mean, he catches a lot of balls, but I don't, you know, there's a new new offensive coordinator, I mean, new, I mean, head coach in town, and Landry sucks. I mean, he's just this little, he's like a poor man's Julian Edelman. There's just no, and, and Ryan Tannehill's a QB. I think Devontae Parker's going to, Cut into that, and they're going to have a, even a more... in PPR. I would take Parker over him. What do you think about that? What's that, what's that? Even in PPR, I would uh, bet on Parker over Landry. I got to look at my projections to see which which one's higher. I think I have Parker in non PPR higher. It's just a couple spots higher. That's very close on my list. Yeah. I take the ups. Obviously, there's upside though. I mean, whatever. Landry's right. floor is higher, but obviously Parker's right. Uh, is higher. So right. So um, you look you look at the the picks there, right? I was like Demarius is the, is caught 106 balls last year, even on a terrible passing game. I am nervous that they're going to go into a shell with that good D and just run it all the time. But this dude is still the 6'3", 230 with good speed. They only have him and Sanders and the running backs. They don't throw to any tight end. You know, Owen Daniels is gone. They don't really have any depth. So I think he's going to get another 140, 50 targets. Right. And his own targets. Big plays. I don't like And I Sanchez. want to give you a hard time because, you know, Mark Sanchez, like, but Peyton Manning was literally the worst quarterback right. in the NFL last year. So the, the one worry I have is that because his name is Peyton Manning, you know, Kubiak probably didn't have, like, the stones to be like, look, man, stop throwing it. We're just running it all the time. Whereas with Sanchez, they may just go into the season with that game plan. But still, they're going to throw the ball 450 times. And there's no depth in the – I mean, if they throw 450 times and 150, 50 of them are to the backs or 170 of them are to the backs. There's still 280 targets left and you've got Thomas and Sanders and that's it. Well, you're all in on this Denver offense. Cause I'm not, I don't, I, Anderson. Yeah, I took him in the third round, but again, I think that there's a, it's in a way a kind of a hedge because if they don't throw right, it ever, right, right. they'll probably run it a ton. I mean, obviously that guy, Devonte Booker, they drafted, I don't believe in Ronnie Hillman. So there's just not a lot of players there. So I, I, I kind of like C.J. Anderson. I don't know. I, I don't like either of those picks. Put it that way. But okay. the guy I thought about instead of C.J. Anderson in round three was Eddie Lacy. Hmm. Um, he went one, one pick next. <laughs> right. I, it, was, it was one of the two. I, I couldn't bring myself to draft Golden Tate there or Julian Edelman. You know, Edelman's always hurt, and he's um, also older, and Brady's out four games. And Tate, I just don't want that dude in the third round. The, the guy I wanted was T.Y. Hilton, but he went two two picks earlier. I would have liked to go three receivers and then because there was no receiver that really jumped out at me, I just I took a, who I thought was the best PPR running back left. So if you knew that T.Y. Hilton was going to go, would you switch him right now for Demarius Thomas or no? Eh, maybe. I might. I might not. You know, T.Y. Hilton 
is never going to be that volume guy, right? He's just, sure, right. He, he's like Deshaun Jackson with more targets, but not quite as good as Deshaun Jackson. And But the, the, the reason I like him, and I, and I did get Moncrief in round four, right. is that you look at the Colts, right? Their D isn't that good. Their starting running back is a 33-year-old who averaged like 3.8 yards per carry or whatever last year. Their backup is Robert Turbin. They're just – they're not going to be able to run the ball. They're gonna and they the- lost Kobe Fleener and Dwayne Allen's always hurt. Right. So they have a short tree. It's basically, you know, including Allen, who's good, but never healthy, as you said. But Allen, they've got Philip Dorsett, they've got Hilton, and they got Moncrief. That's it. And there is going to be so – there are going to be so many passing attempts. So I – even though Hilton's kind of got a limited ceiling, I, I think that his floor is really high. But I probably not. I think Demarius Thomas is just a better – got to project him for more points. I mean, he's just going to catch more like 90 balls, more, more likely to catch 90 passes, and more likely to be a red zone guy. That was a cowardly pick because T.Y. Hilton definitely has more upside. But um, I actually really you like so? Anderson. No, I'm, I'm happy teasing. But yeah. well, T.Y. Hilton definitely has more upside, no? I don't know, man. T.Y. Hilton is just never going to be a red zone guy. And he's never going to get more than 140, 145 targets. Demarius could get 180 targets and is a red zone guy. Yeah, yeah. T.Y. Hilton could get like 1,650 yards though easily. He could, yeah, right. His upside is like 90 for 1,500, you know, on big plays and like 11 touchdowns. Right. Whereas Demarius right. has already done it before where it's like he can go 105 for 1,450 and 13 touchdowns. I actually really like C.J. Anderson. Um He's really good if you watch right. him play. Yeah, I mean, he good. might get hurt again, but, I mean, he's, like, really good at football. He's, like, actually one of the better running backs, I'd say, in the game right now. Right. And pedigree means nothing. I mean, look at Arian Foster, how good he was at his peak. Right. It just – if the guy has that wiggle and that vision, it doesn't really matter. No, not at all. Because the craziest pick to me in this draft, I, maybe I'm just way off, but – I personally ranked um, him and a, and a teammate back-to-back, including a teammate ahead of him who went in round nine. DeMarco, we've already talked about him because you said the receptions. I get it. But right. DeMarco Murray in the third round, man, I don't know. I, I, that, just, that just seems off to me. Well, I mean, he, they paid him money. I mean, he's going to get – don't you think he's going to go 250 and 40 minimum? Well, even they paid him money. Didn't they also pay a very high draft pick on Henry who's younger and better? <laughs> I mean, what? Well, yeah, they use a second-round pick, I think, on Henry, but I don't think Henry catches passes. And then also, you can draft a guy and get the bulk of his value in years two through five if you if you have to. I mean, they don't have to get the right. value to Henry now. I mean, they just paid for Murray, and sometimes you draft, you know, you, you get redundancy at running back because you know guys are going to get hurt. So if Murray does stay healthy, and we basically project everyone to be healthy, I mean, that's how we, unless it's a guy who's already hurt or. Darren McFadden, if you project Murray for a healthy season, you got to assume, I mean, he's going to go 250 and 40, right? I get, no, I don't assume that. I think he's going to be more of a timeshare, but maybe I'm way off base on that. I, I mean, it might, but 250 and 150 is 400 care. I mean, I think they want to run the ball. Oh, for sure. Right. Right. And Mariota will contribute as well, but yeah, um, Sure. And that helps your yards per carry too when you're, when you're running right. quarterback. It's I mean, really funny. This Rick Wolf and Glenn Colton team, I dislike very much so the uh, two of their four first picks, and I love two of their other four first picks. Adrian Peterson, to me, will never be on my team this, this season. I just feel like I'd rather be a year too early than a year too late, and um, I think that time is coming. But then they got Lamar Miller in a 14-team league in the middle of the second round. 
he could be uh, – he's never proven it to be a workhorse, but, man, that guy has all the tools and should be the lead back in Houston. And I love Doug Baldwin. We've talked about this uh, before, but that, to me, is just a steal where he got him in the in the middle of the fourth round of a 14-team lead. Would you have taken him uh, in the round two or three where I was going, or three at least? Because I obviously there's no point in taking him in two, but – Instead of C.J. Anderson, would you have taken Baldwin? No, I really like I really like C.J. Anderson. Okay, so you would have just hoped that Baldwin fell to you yeah, at four. Yeah, yeah. But I, I like Moncrief. I, I think Moncrief is the guy with the upside in Indy. For I mean, sure. I think Moncrief could get twelve touchdowns and fourteen hundred. I mean, he could just be that legit six two two twenty with four five speed number one receiver for Andrew Luck with in Andrew a, Luck right, right yeah. in a six hundred fifty attempt offense. You know that moves the ball up and down the field that gets into shootouts with the Jaguars and with. You know, who knows You know if Houston or, or Tennessee is going to have a good offense, but just gets into these shootouts and has monster games. I mean, I to me, that's – he should have broke out last year. They just, for, for no reason, signed Andre Johnson, and then Luck got hurt. Love Moncrief. Will not say anything disparaging about that okay. pick there. Love it. Um, so you are uh, – I actually have no problem about being a homer, but you, you went a little bit extreme here. I so did. you I went – Sterling Shepard in round six, uh, a lot of talk about how good he's looking in practices, saying basically that Victor Cruz has no chance to, to start <laughs> this season. And um, what else? Paul Perkins, Eli Manning. Eli Manning pick in hindsight doesn't look great to me, but that's just why? because of hindsight. In because it's oh, round what do you mean, 11. Why? What do you mean why? I'll tell you why. Here are the, here are the quarterbacks. Tell after- me why. I'm asking you. Okay, here are the quarterbacks that went after him. Tony Romo, Kirk Cousins. Okay. Uh, Andy Dalton, Matt Ryan, Tyrod Taylor, and Mariota went uh, two and a half rounds later. Yeah, well, okay, it doesn't matter what round you get someone in 11 or 13 That's or 12. That's what I said. Who I'm... cares? Okay, secondly, secondly, um, I actually have on my board uh, Mariota, Winston, and Cousins ahead of Manning. Uh, just my uh, okay, it, okay, so, okay, so, okay. I, get, I, I know where you're going with this, but go ahead. But when you already have Shepard and Beckham, you may as well get Manning because – you know, if I'm basically hitching my wagon to that, why not lock it in, right? I mean, it's like it's not like I'm going to win if Beckham and Shepard. I mean, I guess you could say, well, maybe Shepard sucks, and then Beckham has a great year, and if you just had a better quarterback, you would have won. You know, I mean, that's you could you could argue that, but I want. I just felt at that point I wanted to stack, and two, I easily could see Eli having a monster year. I mean, it's set up for him. They don't have a running back that they trust right now. Rashad Jennings is all right, but he's 31 and gets hurt all the time, and. You know, oh, Shepard sure. may be really good. If he's really good, it's going to be ridiculous, right? Because Beckham is probably the best receiver in the league. I mean, Antonio Brown is right there, but it's also a lot A lot of his damage is done on volume, on a per-play basis. Well, they're actually pretty close on a per-play basis, to be honest. Uh, but if Shepard is as good as advertised, then, man, I mean, Eli may have a huge year. For sure, and you got Paul Perkins, too. So, you, <laughs> Well, I want to get the Giants D, and I was like, talking to some people while the end of the draft was going on i picked the giants like ah oh, they're taken i was like who would take the giants but i guess since they improved a lot on d someone took well, them they spent a ton of money right i know i know but Crazy. like their d was one of the worst in the nfl last year if not the worst right and so i had to take the jets which is just embarrassing but you know defense is once the top ones are off the board it doesn't really matter i, I sort of screwed that up i should have taken the giants instead of jeff janice and take janice probably would have been there with the last pick 
Yeah, no, I actually kind of respect your uh, going all in at the time. But um, I will just say, in general, if you're looking at this, uh, I like so many quarterbacks that you could have gotten a couple rounds later. But Eli could have a very good year. I mean, no, no. I mean, but you would not bet. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to bet even money Eli gets any of those guys. I, I, I'm not like – when Eli's behind them, it's because sure. they run. It's like Winston scores rushing touchdowns, Merida runs. But Eli could throw the ball 620 times and just have this wide-open offense. I, I think it's there's a really good chance – that that's how the offense plays. And I, I will see Ben McAdoo was kind of annoying last year as an offensive coordinator. They didn't, sometimes they just forgot about Beckham for a quarter and a half. And you'd be like, what are you doing? Giving the ball to Andre Williams, who's fumbling and throwing a Ruben Randall who sucks. They just weren't targeting him enough, but I don't know if that was Coughlin who wanted to establish the run or, or what, but you know, now that McAdoo's the head coach, we'll see if he changes things up. Yeah, I mean, I have a couple of these guys, actually a handful of these guys ranked ahead of Manning, but they're very close. Yeah, the same it's exactly. It's like it's six and one half dozen of that. I mean, you know, Manning, and you don't really know, because remember, a lot of these people were taking a second QB. Like the guy who took Winston in round 13 already had Roethlisberger. Right. Right. The guy who took Mariota was, uh, was Steve already had, Steve Gardner already had Russell Wilson. So. Right. I had to take Manning because I didn't know when these people would be taking a second QB. I knew there were 14 QBs I'm totally fine with, so I wasn't worried about that. But I knew these guys would start taking a second one. I didn't take a second one, but I knew some people would. And so if you're waiting on QB, that's all well and good. But in round 11, if you waited that long of just basically going running backs and wide receivers for the most part, you know, you don't want to get caught uh, one run too late, right, where your QB is now Jay Cutler. Because you weren't willing to use it, you wanted to you know get it in round thirteen rather than eleven. That's just poor strategy. Just once it's round eleven, you've done your waiting. Don't sweat the, Don't try to max out every last ounce of value from waiting on QB, especially the fourteen team league. That's of fair course enough. it's just too You're dangerous. Right. Why mess with it? And then plus it you know went with my stack. It was just sort of a a fun thing to do. Now you know who I got in round twelve though. I was just gonna say the most predictable pick in the entire draft is your round twelve pick. Yeah, I mean, look, what good news this summer if Hillary Clinton gets indicted and Josh Gordon gets reinstated? Right? <laughs> and that would just be like the greatest – it'd just be justice served. This guy's not even allowed to play in the NFL, which all manner of scumbags and thugs play in the NFL. And she's allowed to run for president, and all he did was smoke a little – like trace amounts of weed in his blood. Like he's done nothing. Being president, you know, I mean, I know it's not actually true, but you're supposed to have, like, a good character and a clean track record. She's allowed to be president, even though she's done a criminal act, or most likely, we'll see what happens. That was, certainly, you and I would be put in jail if we did what she did. And he's done nothing, and he's not even allowed to play in the NFL, which is such a low bar. Aaron Hernandez well, the other, played the in the NFL is, after uh, he murdered people. All right, okay, yeah, not only do I don't think these are that far off from each other, but not only smoked a little weed, but his last offense was having a cocktail on an airplane. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like the NFL whose players commit all manner of heinous crimes on a regular basis, whose coaches get DUIs all the time. I mean, I was talking about how pointless the whole airport security thing is. The last person they ever found anything real on was Barry Switzer with his gun going through that thing. Right. The NFL is notorious for all manner of criminals, there was that bracket on, I think it was on Spreadopedia. It was like a college. We talked about this, right? Uh, I think so. It was like a college bracket of like worst, worst criminals in the NFL, ranked one through six. You know, where they're seated like four regions. Right, right. OJ was only a five seat, but it was also because 
there was kind of a weird criteria. I mean, obviously OJ's a one should be a one seed. Like Lawrence Phillips was a one seed. Right. right, right. There was sixty four guys who were all pretty bad. The guys who've done serious stuff were like not even top four seed. And this guy, for having trace amounts of weed in his blood and having a couple cocktails, is oh no no he can't play. Yet another person has perhaps mishandled classified information, which. If you and I had done anything close to that, we'd be locked up if there are 12 FBI agents investigating us. And yet she's allowed to run for president. So I'm hoping, you know, these situations reverse. I don't. I started the OJ doc yet. I heard it's amazing. Have you? No, I haven't. I haven't seen it. I, uh, I have trouble with things that I know the story to. I just like. No, no, I get that. No, and I actually already watched the FX show, which I really liked a lot. But I have this on DVR. Supposedly, it's so, so good. And I'm looking forward to it. But I, I totally understand what you're saying. Like, what, where, where, what, what are you going to learn? But, but supposedly, it's, it's legit. Well, I heard the OJ, you watched the OJ, the show that came on, the HBO version. FX. 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 Okay. And I, I had no interest in it. But people said it was great. It was great. That's what I'm saying. Now I'm going to watch this too. Right. It seems so, like a little bit of overkill, no pun intended, but the um, it's supposedly really, really good. So apparently the guy who played Christopher Darden, is uh, his kid goes to Sasha's school, so I would always see oh, that guy. Well, told that guy was amazing. Okay. I heard he's a really good actor. I think he does like legit Broadway stuff. Like not Broadway, whatever. Well, I don't the, doubt it. Because whatever I the equivalent seen... is in, in L.A. of Broadway, he does like – he's like a legit actor. Oh, I don't doubt it because I have never seen him in anything else, but he was like an A+. Plus. Right. He was he was fantastic. I heard that. Okay. One of the well, – okay, real quick. Then you can go whatever you want to go, but I want to say one thing. Okay. Um, you took Gostowski in round 14 in the 16-round uh, football draft, and right. most people are just like – you know, you must wait to the last round for a kicker. You know what? I'm all for that. For, you, for what you did, I'm saying. This yeah. guy has been, every single year, it, it's one thing. To, here's the thing. People are like, you can't predict kickers. But you know what you can't predict? The number one kicker versus uh, the eighth kicker is a big advantage. It's almost the same as like, um, you know, a number, whatever. The difference between a, a decent wide receiver two and the end of the, that same tier I think that's smart because that is just a joke. If you look at the rest of the people taken around there, it's the dregs. And um, I'm, I'm actually for taking a round or two a guy like Gustowski. Well, especially because you say kickers are unpredictable, and you can do some studies that show that it's very hard to predict. But a lot of times people get fooled by the general, and they apply it to every specific case, and that's exactly. just not true. Exactly. And I think Gustowski, if you look at his ranks year-end, the last five or six years – um, you know, with the stable QB, although he's going to miss four games, maybe. We'll, we'll see what the appeal does. And the stable coach and the stable philosophy. And he's also an excellent kicker. It's like he's top five every year. He's easy to predict. Now, maybe it's just been a fluke, and there's always going to be somebody who gets lucky or unlucky over five years. But I think that even if overall kickers are unpredictable, that doesn't mean that every single kicker on every single team is unpredictable. And if anything's predictable, it's this guy. And so I just felt you're right. If you knew that you would get the number one kicker, that would be worth like a fifth-round pick. If you just knew who it was in advance, I mean, come on. It, it's, it, well, it depends how number one he is, but sometimes when there's like an outlier kicker who's by far the best. Yeah, not about round five, but certainly. I, I think if you knew for a fact that he was the number one, it'd be round five because half the round five picks are just worthless anyway. At least half are worthless. And you're getting you know, another 30-point over the, what you're expected to get on average. I'm not talking about getting Gaskowski in round five. That's crazy. But I'm saying being able to peek into the future and seeing the year-end number one kicker and making sure you add him to your team would be worth that. Obviously, you wouldn't do it because you wouldn't have to, but it would be worth that much. 
Right. No. Or, or let's put it this it, different way. Let's say everybody saw the year-end kicker cheat sheet in advance. Where does he go? And I'm saying round five is probably where he should go. Five seems high to me, but but I but I get what you're saying theoretically. If we knew the year-end running back cheat sheet, it doesn't matter what's going on. He's number one. If we knew the year-end QB cheat sheet, I would say probably number one also. If it well, yeah, probably. If or we, if we certainly knew, first round, certainly first round. Right. If we knew Cam Newton last year, you know, if you if you could just get Cam Newton's last year numbers, okay. So instead of Cam Newton, we throw Cam Newton out, but we put in Cam Newton last year numbers. Okay, be even more valuable if you knew the game log because then you'd know exactly when to start him and totally max it out. But if you just had last year's numbers total from Cam Newton, you didn't know the game log, and we threw that in the pool, and you're picking one one, you taking Antonio Brown to get hurt or who knows? Are you saying if you don't know anyone else's stats? We don't know anyone. It's just everyone else is just as well, they are. Of course, Cam Newton would go number one. Of course, I don't yep. know if he would go number one, but he should go he number should. one. He should. He should. Yeah. Because that's just you just have that banked, okay, in a way that you can't. No matter how consistent Antonio Brown is, it's crazy. It's not even close, right? So, you know, the kicker obviously not worth that much, but five, maybe six, but it's it's worth a lot to have that banked top guy. Now, Goskowski's not close to banked, but he's as close as we've ever had for a kicker being banked, basically, in my opinion. Agreed, and that's why I brought him up. Okay. And I think that uh, that's why I'm saying that you took him three rounds before the final – I'm sorry, two rounds before the final round, and, I, and I'm totally on board with it. Hold on. And McManus went ahead of him? And Dan Bailey went ahead of him? Uh, I don't know why. I don't know why that is. Okay, that's very bizarre. That was strange. That's why when I went, I was like, wait, is he available? I saw their kickers coming off the board. It was surprising. I want to get Josh Brown, who's good. And I wanted to stack Giants, but actually stack, really the, stack the Giants. Yeah, but stacking the kicker kind of goes against what I was doing in a way because it's like touchdown or field goal. Which are you going for, right? I mean, so anyway, right. um, you miss it. You miss out on a touchdown pass. You you can get the same. So I actually kind of like. I actually kind of like you like having. Yeah, I mean it's good. I, and 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 the best kickers sometimes are like Goskowski on a team that scores a lot of touchdowns and field goals. You get them both. Right. So. Right. All right, the last guy I just want to mention is Jared Cook. I got in the 13th round as my second tight end, and it cost me Mariota. I wanted to get either a second tight end or a second QB, and I knew Mariota wouldn't come back to me, and I decided to just punt the second QB and take Cook because Zach Ertz I can't really trust in my first – you know, who knows um, with that situation. Oh, man, my phone's ringing. Hold on one sec. Let me just get this real quick. Hey, I'm doing the podcast right now. All right, all right, all right. I'll talk to you later. All right. All right, bye. All right. I don't know if I'll leave that in or not. We'll see. I think you should. It's, you not, should. As, it's not as good as the time when I had to, I actually made a call. No, I, I got a call from my mechanic cause I was, or my body shop when I was getting my car fixed. Remember when I was doing that podcast? I mean, that video cast with Mike Gottlieb? Oh, I, I remember. It was amazing. <laughs> I did, that was funny. Anyway. Um, you treated him well, right? I did. No, but I, he was a good sport. I'll just say that. Maybe we'll, I'll link it to this podcast. No, 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 I'm not saying Mike Gottlieb. I'm saying you treated the guy on the other end of the phone. No, I no, I needed, it was like super important. My car was getting repaired. I needed to hear, I needed to like settle this up. I want to just mention one more guy. I got Jared Cook in the 13th round and I was yeah. kind of surprised he was there. I, I took him, first of all, would you have gone Mariota and backed up the QB or would you have gone Cook and backed up the tight end? I personally got Mariota because I think he's going to be uh, has a chance to be like a top seven type, he does. top five he does. fantasy quarterback. So that's what I would have done. Huh. And Jared Cook, what has he ever done? I mean, we just know the the theoretical upside. 
I guess he does have the best player in football throwing of the ball now, though. So uh, I can is that important? Side. Is that does that is that important is to that, receivers or does people? That change that... things? Does that change things a little bit? Yeah, maybe. This dude, when he was on Tennessee, he made some like you know eighty yard touchdown catches. This is like five right, years ago, right. but he's this was a talented guy. And if you look at it, they've got Jordy Nelson, thirty one years old, coming back from an ACL. Imagine if he has a setback. I mean, Randall Cobb was exposed last year. He sucked. Yeah. Devontae but, Adams is nobody. Hold on, hold on though. Devontae Adams looks like the real deal. What? I, you're, you're obviously making a joke. I was attempting him. <laughs> I was like, it was. You said it so seriously that I almost, I didn't know. I thought, is there something going on in minicamp that I haven't seen, and what could possibly be going on that would negate the data we have from last season? The dude's a bum. The dude's the magnitude <laughs> of what he did in minicamp would have to be. Like, he'd have to jump, like, 30 feet in the air and catch a ball. Right, right, to, like, right. be like, to, At least. Even then, I'd be skeptical. Even then, you'd be like, yeah. If he literally jumped 30 feet in the air and caught a ball, we'd be like, whoa. But, yeah, the, you know, so Cook. I Jeff Janice, though. Jeff Janice. I got Janice, though, too. All right, okay. All right. I got them both. So, anyway, I, I'm pleased with it. I know you're reluctant, but you know it's, you know it's a work of, you know a work of art when you see one. Yeah, okay, fair enough. No, I mean, obviously Cook, I mean, has the physical tools, and now he has Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball, so I'm not going to shit on that pick. <laughs> yeah, okay. And then that's all I had. I don't know if you have anything else for me. No, not much. Right. Um, um, one thing I'll say, uh, I guess Carlos Hyde didn't go that high. Um, I, I'm actually worried about him, as a, even as a 49ers fan. Uh, I think he's typically going to go higher than he did. What did he go, the fourth round? Three, four turn, yeah. Yeah. I think that people are falling in love with him, and the Niners are going to be terrible this season, and he can't stay healthy. So I'm not a big fan of him this year. Um, no, nothing really jumped out too much other than um, Ryan Tannehill went super high, right? Yeah, that was bizarre. Bizarre. Really bizarre. Yeah, he went in the – I mean, maybe the Adam Gase thing and Devontae Parker, and he does run. I mean, I could see him being pretty good. I like him as kind of a sleeper, like in the 13th round or something. I mean – but in the eighth round, there's just no reason. Yeah, the same guy took uh, Matt Ryan five rounds later, and I have Ryan ranked higher in my so on do my, I on so my board. So, but nobody wants Ryan. I mean, it's there's just nothing. I mean, he can get you 30 touchdowns and 4,200 yards and be fine. But is there anything interesting about Matt Ryan? I mean, is there any reason to think he could have a great no. year? No, no, yeah. But if you just were like, okay, I'll bet you who does better. Well, you got. I mean, he's he's got a high floor. He's very projectable. Sure, absolutely, exactly. No, this this seemed mostly pretty, you know, makes sense. Uh, I don't know. What are your thoughts on your uh, one guy we didn't talk about real quick is Kamar Aiken. I'm curious why you took him in the ninth round. Well, remember, well, at that point, Prashad Perriman looked like he might be out for the year, and now it turns out he might be ready for week one. And I actually like Perriman, and nobody took him. And I was thinking about that because it wasn't definitive. And I'm kind of disappointed in myself. I maybe should have taken him over Janice. But – it was sort of like, well, even if he is healthy, no. he does get over this. He's not. It's not like he's. It's not like he's guaranteed to do anything, right? It's not like, oh, well, it's Brashad Perriman. He's just some dude who didn't play his rookie year. Who's he, the thing about Perriman? He's six two, two fifteen, and he runs like a four two five. So he's a freak. No, you know the, the speed guys like the Deshaun Jacksons. They're not six two, two fifteen. Almost nobody that big is that fast. Right, right. I mean, so he's faster okay. than Julio so, Jones. So defend, what, what Aiken just like a safe, like a PPR, like a very, very I just, safe. Like, I just thought, okay, so if Smith uh, old and hurt, and I like Perriman, but if Perriman, you know, just doesn't, he's not really himself, or he doesn't really make it back. You've got three receivers there. That's it. You've got Aiken, you got Mike Wallace, 
who's just bad. He's terrible. Yeah, and you've got Steve Smith, who's 37, coming off a Achilles tear and probably not going to play in preseason. So if Aikens, you know, and Aikens did okay last year, and that was with Flacco out a lot. So Flacco's back, which he is, and Aikens, their clear number one, you know, that's 900 yards and six, seven touchdowns, which, you know, 60, 70 catches. And, you know, in a PPR 14-team league, that plays a lot. So that was my thought. Gotcha. All right. Fair enough. So I just, I'm just going to do a, a couple things on politics. You know, I'm obviously disappointed about that Super Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, 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 how disappointed are you? First of all, the AP announced on the most undemocratic way possible the night before. I wanted to let it play out. They announced the night before based on polling of superdelegates that were persuaded, which don't even vote till July. I mean, it was awful. Just malpractice. Now everybody on Tuesday is like, well, it's over. I mean, that's just a, a horrible thing to do. Why would you do that? Oh, well, you know, they did switch. We polled them. No, they, they can still switch again. So that was terrible. And then California, 2.4 million votes haven't been counted. A lot of the mail-in votes, I mailed my vote in. You know, that's undemocratic. There's a lot of voting irregularities. The whole time, uh, the exit polling and the actual totals did not match up in a lot of – and it always favored Clinton. It was never just, oh, well, sometimes it favored Bernie, sometimes it favored Clinton. When the exit polls don't match the uh, actual voting totals, the announced voting totals – that's how we determine fraud in other countries when it exceeds like 2%. And it was well in excess of that in many places. Anyway, so it was disappointing. I, I don't really feel like it was a fair democratic outcome, but it is what it is. And I don't know that, you know, me complaining about it or other people investigating it is going to reverse it. You know, it's sort of like once these things get announced and once people think it's a certain way, that momentum is very hard to stop. It's like, okay, too late. Let's move on which is kind of the strategy, I think. So I, it's very disappointing. I mean, I, they should have just shut up, let them vote on Tuesday, had the, every, you know, counted all the votes, and, uh, and that's not what happened. Yeah, I want to hear you, you said you had a theory. Yeah, well, no, that, I mean, that's just, you know, in the background, right? And I'm going to say I think there's like a 25% chance neither of these very bad human beings ends up being president. I, I'm, I'm going to say like 25% that like this is just not okay. <laughs> like they're the two most unfavorable candidates ever. And Trump is almost like he doesn't want to be president. Like he's just saying so much stupid stuff and didn't expect to win. And now it's like, uh-oh, he's the standard bearer for the Republican Party and, and just making it worse. And the thing about Trump is everything they say about him is true. Not necessarily that he's so dangerous and whatever because nobody really knows. But, like, he is a scumbag. Like he did, he did set up a university that was a fraud to rip off poor people by selling them dreams of making money when he was a multimillionaire. Like, that's pretty low. I know you would do something like that, but most people would find that pretty low. Fair enough. I mean, okay, so you realize we have a bet on Hillary versus yes. him, right? Or not, Hillary sorry, versus not the, field. Him, the field. Just for the field, right. So, um, I, so I think. Okay, so who you, whom are you rooting for? I know you're not, you won't vote. I get that. But whom are you rooting for? I can't root. I mean, I, honestly, like, I, I hope Hillary's exposed for what she really is. I think Trump's being exposed, and it's accurate, like, what they're saying about him. Not the, like, oh, he's so scary. I don't think he's – I think he's actually in a lot of ways less dangerous than Hillary, who's incredibly hawkish and militaristic, and God knows what the next conflict she would get us into and what the consequences would be. But Trump is a scumbag. He's playing with some very dangerous rhetoric against Muslims, which could actually result in people being attacked or – hurt or killed or whatever and that's terrible he shouldn't be doing that and so he's bad too so i i don't i'm rooting for them both to be exposed but 
because he's already being exposed for what he is, I'm sort of rooting for her right now to be exposed. And I, I just have, this is my sort of, this is my argument about her, despite all the horrible stuff she's done, which doesn't seem to matter to a lot of people in the electorate. Um, I, I think she's actually should be disqualified for being president based on the email server situation. Really expand that. Well, so here's what's known. Okay. So she had this server that the, that the like inspector general of the state department said she did not have permission, even though she lied and said she did, she did not have permission to, to put her stuff on there. She never asked permission. Had she asked, it would have been denied. Okay. So she's doing this in contravention of government policy. And we know also from the guy who set it up that he found attempted hacks on the server. Did you know that? No, I didn't. He said that there were attempts to hack it. Okay. The guy that I forget his name, but he ended up taking the fifth. I also read, and I, I'm going to want to verify this, but that it was not a very sophisticated um, setup on the server. Like, it, you know, it had its protections, but it wasn't like the CIA or the NSA's servers or something. It was something that was much more hackable than that, right? It wasn't like the guy wasn't some crazy expert in cybersecurity so that it was hackable. So we know that it, it, was, it was not supposed to be done and illegal if there was classified information on it. We know that it had, there were attempts to hack it, and we know that it was somewhat unsophisticated. And then we know that the guy who set it up took the fifth rather than be interviewed by the FBI. Did you know that? No, did not. They, they wanted to talk to him, and he just used it. You have a right to take the fifth, okay? You don't have to testify if you could implicate yourself. So he just kept his mouth shut. And in general, like, they, they have been stonewalling and uncooperative and destroyed some emails, deleted them, said it was accidental. So here's my scenario, and I just want to run this by you. Tell me what you think about this. Let's say we know the thing was attempted to be hacked. We know it wasn't very sophisticated, and we know that this is a very desirable treasure trove of documents to get to from foreign adversaries or even allies. What do you think the odds are? And you're no security expert by any means, but do you think the odds are greater than zero that somebody successfully got in there and saw what was on it? Well, obviously the odds are greater than zero, but greater than one percent. It should be low, right? Well, one, greater than one percent that somebody was able to see what was on there. No, no. You think it's less than 1% that a homebrew server that was not that sophisticated sending very sensitive information, allegedly, that people want to see that stuff was – you think it's less than 1% that somebody got in there? When you I'm know saying, that there's okay, a – No, 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 no. I'm saying it should be less than 1%. Oh, it should be, of course. But I'm saying realistically – not being a security expert, just knowing that this is desirable information and it's not that secure. Obviously, yes. Where you're going to, obviously, yes. It's, it's greater it's, than 5%. It's, yeah, like, yeah, like if probably. you were betting on this, and again, we were not experts, but I do know that, I mean, I have read that it was not a very sophisticated setup. It was not like the NSA coming in, like building a custom, crazy, strong. Um, sure, of course, it's more than 5%. Right. Yeah. It, it might be 20, it might be 10. I don't know. Right? We don't know what the number is, but it's like a real number. It's, it doesn't pass the airplane test, put it that way. Right? <laughs> right, right, right. It doesn't pass Tell the, airplane. the airplane test. What's that? Tell people the airplane test. Airplane test is would you get on the airplane with the odds of it crashing of something? So, you know, if you say, well, ah, this team's a lock, they're 14 point favorites. Well, what do you mean by lock? Would you get on the airplane if, if the other team winning was the same odds of your airplane crashing? Hell no, you wouldn't get on the airplane, right? <laughs> so, you know, right. the airplane test is a very high, you know, you get on an airplane and there is a chance it crashes, but it's like one in five million. So you, that passes the test. You get on the airplane. 
So it doesn't even come close, right? I mean, so we're saying in, it's in the – I would think it's in the double-digit percentages. I don't know what it is. Again, I'm not a okay. security right. expert. Okay. So if there's like a 10 or a 20% chance that somebody, at least somebody, one person read the sensitive stuff on there, well, what does that mean? Well, it means let's just say – let's just get rid of like China, Russia, Iran, like, you know, Syria, whatever. Let's say it's like Israel, an ally, right? And they read the stuff and they're like, whoa, she just sent an email with like Obama's itinerary for the day which would be classified because obviously we don't want people knowing where the president's going to be in advance. It's dangerous or some foreign leader who's coming, you know, whatever. And they get that info, even an ally. What do you think they're going to do with that info? Sell it. Oh, I don't think they would sell it. I mean, I'm talking about like an intelligence agency, like a spy agency gets the info. They see that there's some info that's clearly classified on her server and they know that it's not supposed to be there. What do you think they would do? I don't, I don't know. What, what would what you, you do if you were uh, from a spy agency and you saw, whoa, we just have evidence of your secretary of state committing a crime for which she could be prosecuted, certainly fired. Well, right. That's what I'm saying. I would sell it. You would sell it? No, you wouldn't sell it. You would. Why would you sell it? You're, you're, a, if what, you're a spy what, what agency. What are you saying? What are you saying? Then? I'm what saying they saying? would reach out to her back channels and be like, hey, we know that you've been doing this stuff. We're going to need some, you know, we don't want to expose it. We, you know, we're on your side. We want you to be president and all that. But in our mutual interest to just, you know, make sure we advocate for the same things. Right. Fair enough. Okay. Do you gotcha. see what I'm saying? You would have something on her because you, you have, uh, did you see Homeland this year? Did you watch Yes, it? I did. Yes. Yes. Do you remember how Miranda Otto got busted originally? Miranda Otto was, uh, I forget her name in the, the redhead. Oh, how did she? Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, there was like something going down with this Iraqi agent, and she embezzled a bunch of money with him. And the Russians busted her and just were like, okay, we, we, we saw that you did this, and you're going to get in a lot of trouble if we turn this over. Why don't you just work with us to help us out a little bit? Right, right, right. To work, right. That's what you would sure. do if you're a spy sure. agency. You would, you would use that leverage for, to get something that you wanted. I mean, obviously, right? That's what Absolutely, they would do. Absolutely, yes. I understand what you're saying now. Yes, okay. of course. So you, like, you would leverage it for your, for your own well-being. Yes, yeah, gotcha. For your own purposes. And so if you think there's like a 10 or 20% chance somebody got access to that information, most likely a spy agency, whether it's an ally or an adversary, you see that that is a compromised person now. Right, yes. So let me ask you this, right? So now if the government wants to put you in jail for doing something wrong, they have a burden of proof, right? It's like it's pretty high. In, in you know, in, if you're just trying to arrest Dalton Del Don for being a delinquent, drunken scumbag, they have to prove whatever charge they're going to lay on you beyond a reasonable doubt in order to take away your freedom. And I guess the burden of proof is on the state, right? When an individual commits a crime. But I'm asking you a question. Let's say there's a 10% chance, conservatively, that she's compromised because of this, because it's plausible. I'm not saying I have any evidence specifically, but. Who's burden, who has the burden of proof in a case like this to show that there's no, there's no plausible reason to believe that she's compromised if you're running for president? Who has the burden of proof? Yeah. Like, think, it's like when someone's trying to put you in jail, the government has the burden of proof, and it's a high burden. Right. But if right. somebody's running for president and saying, hey, I want to be entrusted with everything, and they've well, done this thing. Yes, that she com- has it. She has a very high burden of proof, yes. given that she compromised the information potentially and potentially exposed herself to to, to influence by another government to show that that's not the but case. No one, no one gives a shit, right? 
no one's really making this argument. They're sort of saying, come on, it's not a national security threat. You know, it's not a big deal. Some of that stuff was retroactively classified, whatever, okay? But I'm saying people aren't really looking at it from the fact that if there's any plausible reason to think that she's compromised or someone has something on her from another government, even an ally, that is very, very disqualifying. She has to now come forward and be like, here's everything on the server. Look at it. There's nothing there. There's nothing they could expose. This is everything. You know, you now know what I had. So there's nothing they could have. She now needs to come totally clean because if she doesn't, how the hell do we know? And you'd say, well, that's just speculation. We don't know that Donald Trump hasn't done something bad or somebody else, but he didn't have sense that he, he, he doesn't have a crime that we know of that he's committed that someone might know about. So it's very different. All right, Liz, I um, I mean, your site, uh, Stop the Monsters, was interesting to me 10 years ago when I first met you, right. or whatever it was, eight years ago. <clears throat> but um, tell me now, who, who, I get everything you're saying, for sure, but who, this, do you, that's not who, the worst. who, who is really going to, I mean, who do you want to win presidency? Because it has to be one of the two. I don't. I think there's a legitimate chance someone else is going to come in. That, that something's going to go down. Come on, there's not a legitimate chance someone else is going to come in. Give me a break. Well, here. Why do you think? Why are you so sure that that this is not going to blow up? That this do you want, I, how much odds do you want me to give you? Do you want to make a bet? Okay. Yeah. Let's make a bet. Sure. Okay. What, what odds? odds do you give me that she, that that she doesn't step out of the race? Whether she's indicted or not, that, that something doesn't happen that makes her step out of the race. What kind of odds are you First of all, I said president, period. But you want, you want me to go Hillary sp- specifically? Um, I'm, saying, I'm saying like you – look, we have a separate bet on whether she becomes president. That's enforced no matter what happens. Right. What I'm saying is I will do a separate bet, but obviously much bigger odds, not even money, where something happens that knocks her out of the race. What kind of odds are you going to give me? Like, Ten to one. Ten to one? Yeah. I, I would take 10 to 1, but I think you should give me higher because you seem so sure. Well, see, I was going to start with 5 to 1, but that, now you're seeming like well, a... Well, no, I, it's, it's 10 to 1 I think is fine. It's just that... 12 to 1. All right. 12 to 1, my 20 against your 240? Yes. Done. Okay. Good. Done. All right. Just because you wouldn't know. They'd be acting exactly the way they're acting, even if this thing was coming down. They're just going to act like nothing's going to happen and hope it doesn't. That's... I think my friend was on this plane where, you know, the mask dropped out of the thing, you know? And they had to go turn it around real fast, and everyone's freaking out. And then you heard someone next to him go, oh, no, no, look, it's okay. The, the flight attendants are calm. They, if, if it was something really serious, <laughs> they would be freaking out too. And my friend heard that and thought, no, they've been trained to be calm <laughs> in this situation. You know, that doesn't mean anything. And I hold on, hold on, hold on. You also told me something very interesting too is that you said all plane um, crashes have nothing to do with turbulence. Well, that's what my brother told me. And whether it's true or not, it has got me through a lot of plane rides without any – real panic. It's just like turbulence is not cited as the cause of plane crashes. The only reason they care about turbulence is to make your, you know, to make the passengers not freak out and not enjoy the flight and not rebook that airline. There's no, but there's no safety reason why they avoid turbulence. At least that's what my brother said. All right. Well, it'll probably help me too. Cause I always freak out too. But yeah, just anyway, like, yeah, you also didn't answer my question though. Like, so what, like, what do you think who's going to win? Then? I, I, I don't know who would be, I, I can tell you this. They would hate it to be Bernie, almost worse than Trump, because all the people that, you know, that have all those jobs and those super PACs and those committees and all that crap, they're going to be out of work, right? And then a lot of people who are in government who are taking money from corporations and stuff will – that means that if he were to win, that means that the people that are sort of against all that money in politics and stuff will, will be empowered 
and will start cleaning house. So they really, really don't want him to win. I would even I would go so far as to say the Clinton people, deep down in their hearts, would prefer Trump president than Bernie, because Bernie's wow. such a. It's just Trump may be a disaster, but they're not. It's not going to change the dynamic in Washington. So sure. I mean, it might that change could, it somewhat. That, that but could help the Democrats too, right? Ultimately, it might later on. I mean, I, I honestly think like Bernie is their worst nightmare. So they're going to do everything they can not to make not to let Bernie win. I told you my other theory was that they were waiting for him to drop out before announcing the indictment because then they could like move on to Biden or whoever carry water for them right. otherwise. Right. But I don't know that Bernie's going to drop out. We'll see. Um, I don't know who it's going to be. I, I hope it's Bernie. But I, again, there there's a lot of powerful interest arrayed. It really do not want him to to get it. And so then it, it could be anybody. But Trump is such a joke. And Hillary is not only reviled, but she's under investigation for doing something that's dangerous. And I think someone's going to advance the argument that it's just it's too dangerous. Who knows who's seen her emails? It's just how can you – you can't put someone in charge who's, who's you know, adversaries or allies might know her dirty laundry. It's just, it's just way too – you can't run on that. And then she's been stonewalling about it. So I don't know who it's going to be. I just, I just think neither of these people are going to survive the, uh, the scrutiny because they're just – it's so gross. So that's it. I, you know, again, I, I'm not betting even money on that, but I say there's like a 25% chance. All right. Fair enough. All so, right. But um, how crazy is, is it going to be with Donald Trump or president? <laughs> if he's so crazy, but I, I, I honestly, I don't think he's as dangerous as she is once she, he's in office. I just think that like the stuff he's saying about Muslims, is just so dangerous to them. And it just inflames tension. He's accusing them of not turning in terrorists when they know, which is actually demonstrably the opposite. There's been a lot of tips to law enforcement based on like Muslim communities who see something awry, mm. but that's just very dangerous stuff. And, and it's, you know, as much of a scumbag as he is for the Trump university, like this is just, he shouldn't be doing that. So, and we'll leave on that note. It's such a bright right. positive note, but we should both get going. Um, thanks for doing it, man. And uh, next week we'll, we'll know at least one thing. We'll at least know about the warriors. Yes. Go warriors tonight and a uh, good times list. All right. Take it easy. Dalton. You just listened to the East Coast Offense Podcast brought to you by FanDuel.com. You can go to FanDuel.com, click on the mic in the upper right-hand corner, use my code RWPOD, sign up now. Special offer for new users, get a free six-month RotoWire subscription with a $25 deposit. You must sign up with my promo code RWPOD. That's more than $60 in value for just $25. Don't forget to use my code RWPOD, FanDuel.com, where every day is a new season. That's F-A-N-D-U-E-L.com. Sign up today.